0: Uh, before we begin, uh, this is Sprite, by the way. Hi. This episode is a bit graphic, so if you in the audience are squeamish or not comfortable with comfortable with uh, decomposition or anything gross like that, I mean, y- y- you made it through episode five, I-, I assume, unless you skipped it. In which case, this is just going to be episode five in a way, but a little bit worse. But I, I-, I digress. If you're not comfortable with that, Maybe skip, but if not, then please enjoy. All right, let's go. Day one. My name is Tanvir Cobalt. My partners Teddy Bonardi and Jeremy Rainmaker joined me into the house of a deceased homeowner on 148 Appaloosa Road. We came in to clean up the viscera of the homeowner after a resumed heart attack by the police. Located in the basement, we tried to go there, but found it was gone. And since then, we've been trapped inside the home. With every few steps, the house layout has changed and put us in a never-ending home. We've tried to break the windows, break down doors, and try to find chutes, but nothing has worked. We're able to destroy items within the house, but anything related to the outside or the structural integrity is nearly indestructible. It's impossible. I don't know how long we've been here, so I'll consider this day one. My partners are currently missing, leaving me in the crawl space of the house. Ideally, I'd stay here until someone called the police, but I have no idea when that'll be or if I can make it until then. I haven't had the chance to find any food or water. Honestly, I didn't even consider needing it until this point. I was so concerned about escaping, I didn't think I'd have to hide or find shelter yet. Here I am. I'll try to find food in a few hours. As much as I want to leave, I I think running is going to get me killed. Day four. I think my friends are really dead. Like I, I truly believe my partners are dead. Four days and I haven't heard or seen them, just random rumbling from the house. I think I just need to admit that to myself. But they haven't left my head since it happened. The the thought of them has just always been in the back of my mind. God, what happened to Tay's legs is it's burned into my brain. It's all I see whenever I'm not seeking around the set of full house. To be honest, I don't even know if he would have even survived that. Yeah, I didn't see blood, but what if I wasn't able to get the roots out? How would I have fixed that? I hate to think about it. My only regret is letting go, though. Even letting him slip into that abomination. Hell, I regret even leaving Jeremy alone. It wasn't worth being right. None of this was. Day seven. I found a good system. The house is still shifting, even if it can't see me. That's if it can even see me, that's honestly just a precaution I'm taking. But yesterday was difficult because the kitchen disappeared and I had to go pretty far to find it. But eventually I, I, I did find it and I got some bread and water. It's not a lot, but it had to be light whatever I got. So if I could keep finding the kitchen or finding rooms with stuff I need, I I might be okay. Day nine. The house is getting angry. The tremors haven't stopped and I can hear the house's blood now. Yes, blood. I saw a crack in the wall and the oil was leaking from it. I'm getting so tired of hearing it, the same slushing. It's like it's in my head now. I'll be honest, I, I, I've been getting sloppy. I've had to run a lot these past few days. I just, I haven't cared, I guess. I think that's honestly what it is. I just wanna go home. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Even if I go home, I don't know if I could just move on from this. What am I even gonna do if I escape? Who's gonna believe me? Who would believe me that we got lost in a two-story home that goes on for infinity? God, they're just gonna think I'm a psycho who killed his friends. (laughs) Nobody would ever believe me again. Tanvir's hand shook as he held the pen. He had so much more to say and ramble on about, but he had lost control of his hand. His nose scrunched and he tried to stifle a sniffle. It dawned on him there was no real way out for him. Even if he was the only one who physically left, he would suffer the most, mentally. If he went to police, he'd be crazy. And if he kept it to himself, he'd have to die with the secret. Probably even come up with a lie, tell his parents he lost his phone or he got lost on a trip. But he knew help would only make it worse. Wiping away tears, he desperately tried to recuperate. His breath was shallow and shaky, as close to silent as possible while also letting Tanbeer breathe. He closed the book and sat there, arms resting on his knees. He was sitting inside of an open room on the couch. a fireplace, two doors, a couch, and a TV placed nicely within the room. It was probably one of the most modern-looking rooms Tanvir had seen. With his head down, he sat there for a few minutes, listening for anything, but too tired to watch out. Then, the room began to rumble. The tremor wasn't rough like an earthquake. It felt calm and coordinated, yet merciless towards Tanvir's appearance. Either the house had found him or he was shifting again. And either way, Tanvir panicked. Yelling and beginning to plead, he jumped to his feet. please! Please! The walls began to shift an inch towards Sanbir, phasing through the furniture that would have otherwise been in the way. He attempted to run to the door he came in through, but it was already gone. It had been sucked up by the walls as it threatened to come closer and closer. And running to the other door, he pulled on it, but nothing happened. The knob of jammed, twisted and pushed. Finally, after his hands began to burn, he staggered back. Oh my god, this is it, he muttered to himself. He sat in the middle of the room, resigning. He curled up like he was on the couch, put his arms over his head, and silently pleaded for help. Though, none was given as the walls crept in every second. Finally, as it towered over him and threatened to push into him, they stopped. Tanvir froze, opening his eyes. Looking up and around, he was essentially trapped in a box. His own area, where he can just barely inch around. And as he tried to readjust and make as much room as possible, his breathing began to quicken. me! Too lame! Huh! So, a box! (laughs) A box! His face grew red as he yelled at nothing, his heart raced in his chest as he wrestled inside the box for comfort or freedom. But nothing came. Just a quickening temperature of the air around him. But he didn't care. If you want to kill me, just do it! Just get it over As he yelled hysterically, he beat his fists against the wall. He stayed trapped, pent up, waiting for a reaction or a second wind. Which he got. Suddenly, the floor dropped underneath Tanvir and he plummeted. Slamming against either side of a metal duct, Tanvir's fall was broken, and he spat out on the other side onto a pile of clothes. He groaned, a fiery pain filling his entire body. He slowly regained the ability to move, but there was continual pain in his back from how he fell. Regardless, he forced himself up and out of the old musky piles of clothes behind him. The room was dark. The walls were shabbily painted white, and across the room he could see a computer monitor. Underneath was a tarp and camera. Looking in front of that, three feet away, was a decaying corpse with roots interweaving in and out of it and into the cement floor. Tanvir screamed and jumped back, but the corpse did not get up. Even the roots didn't budge, and after a few moments of waiting, Tanvir shakily took one step. Then a second, then a third, and eventually, standing over the body, he recognized who it was. Cooper's face was in active decay, the skin receding in parts and exposing the fat in his cheeks. The viscera that was meant to be cleaned had crusted onto him or were still fresh in the open parts of his body. But, for the most part, he was splayed out with a neutral and wide expression. His jaw was slack, the muscles finally relaxing after the seizure, and Tanvier's stomach turned as he looked at the body. The shirt and jacket had been ripped open, the roots tearing it apart and attached to his then-fresh corpse. And as the roots did their work, the body was left to rot. And now, his rib cage and maggot-devoured insides were exposed to Tanbir. Yeah. Heart attack. <laughs> he morbidly joked, forcing the laugh too hard. Swallowing, uncomfortable with even himself, he walked away. He went to the computer and looked at it. The camera had died, and the screen fell asleep. Even when Tanbir moved, the touchpad and flared to life. It revealed an ended stream. Curiosity piqued his interest, and he scrubbed through it finding the entire trepanation process. Tanvir was shocked, a wave of nausea hitting him and nearly knocking his balance as he watched Cooper insert the drill, and later doubled over to vomit when he saw the live, decaying process of Cooper. I can get you some water if you need it. A voice came from behind Tanvir. He choked, a cold wash singing his stomach, and snapped back to see the voice. There stood the body of Cooper Pataki. Trace fat and dead skin surrounded him and left a slight path from the sigil. His organs were still exposed. A wreath of roots sprouted from the trunk of his body and acted as support for his legs. The same wide-eyed expression unintentionally stayed on his face, behind the same square glasses. Uh, you the homeowner? Tanvir stupidly spat out. Homeowner? Bataki shook his head. No, no. It's dead. (laughs) Funny, thought the the tendrils would have given that away, but I guess not. Tanvir looked around. Shoulders tense and heart thumping, despite the obvious danger and desire to run, something kept him there. The cordial responses from the clear corpse in front of him kept him there. And to be honest, he had no idea what would happen if he ran. So he asked another question: "What? What is this? What is all this? What is all this?" "Oh, uh, of course. Um, how do I explain this? I uh, you won. What? Well, you won to me." I've seen you hide and do all this nonsense to survive, and I'll admit, I was impressed. You lasted way longer than the other two. Tanvir gasped, the memory of them snapping him out of his fear. Where are they? Bataki stared at Tanvir, then snorted. It laughed in a way Cooper never did, but nonetheless sounded like him. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you care? Just tell me. Tanvir attempted to act tough, but Bataki just grinned. Fine, fine. It waved, and the house began to gurgle. And his thudding grew closer and closer, and eventually, they were spat onto the ground. Two decayed corpses. wet mass that left a thick, heavy slap on the ground. Around them was presumably stomach acid, while the corpses were partially digested and melted. Some parts melted together by pure proximity. After a horrified gasp, he was left speechless. Even if he had something to say, it would have been clogged up by a sudden cotton mouth, though that was quickly cured by a sudden rush of bile as Tanvir vomited once more this time onto the tarp of what Cooper would have called the trepanation station. His temples pounded, and a simple taste of acid stung Tanvir's tongue. Tears trickled out and onto the ground, as Tanvir was unable to control them. I don't know why you wanted to see them. You, you should have expected that. Pataki laughed, and with another wave, the house had sucked the mass up once more. Where was I? I... Oh, yes! I want you! Tanvir stopped tending to his throbbing head, and looked up staring confusedly at Pataki smart, agile, tall, and, well, alive, (laughs) Pataki said, looking him up and down and coming closer. In response, Tanvir backed up and towards the wall. Why would I ever give you that? Why would you even tell me this? Tanvir yelled, voice fried and sick. He was slouching slightly by this point and leaning against the wall in a way that wasn't immediately obvious. Hey, I may as well give you the easy option, it chuckled. I mean, let's be honest, as if you're going to survive after all this. That's if you even get out. <laughs> I mean, I literally control this house. You're my guest. Tandir raced for an idea of what to do. The creature was right, in a way, and Tandir was afraid of that. Afraid that it knew just what he was paranoid of. But regardless, he still had to try something. Suddenly, Tandir kicked the roots, supporting Bataki, and they bent under the sudden attack. Bataki fell, and Tandir ran towards the other side of the large basement. The corpse were grouped, and looking up, blindly threw an attack, hoping to hit anywhere. And with a scream, Tanvir fell. Puncturing through his leg, Tanvir grabbed it and pushed against the wound. The corpse laughed. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have called you smart. Wow. Its tone was vindictive and angry. Tanvir just held his leg and winced, trying to suppress the pain and the bleeding. And he stayed there as Pataki came over to him and grabbed him by the shirt. Then threw him against the opposing wall. Not enough to kill him, of course, but just enough to weaken him. Tanvir landed in the middle, between the pile of clothes and Cooper's old anime shelf unit. He heavily breathed, his chest hurting from the head and leg on fire. His vision was shaking when the pain peaked but returned every few seconds. Enough for him to tell what was happening, and of course, enough to see Pataki walk up to him. All right, I don't want to hurt you too badly, he mocked in a caring voice. <laughs> but come on, let's do this already! I'm excited to have a normal body! No! Tanvir yelled, but Pataki smiled. There was no winning in any of the ideas Tanvir thought of. He looked around again, at the clothes, at the stand, everything. But everything only confirmed his fears and insisted worst would happen, and he was incredibly afraid of being stabbed again. So, he shambled to his feet, well, foot, one that he put most of his weight on, and before he could accept Pataki's plan, he paused. Come on! It sang, but Tanvir didn't accept. Instead, he glanced back to the stand and grabbed what he hoped was a knife. And, like unsheathing a sword, the katana Cooper owned was revealed to the both of them. Pataki noticed, but immediately Tanvir used his good leg to pounce at the corpse. Pataki pushed back with his hands, but the dead muscles and bones caved underneath Tanvir's force. He elbowed its jaw, a sick crunch coming from the joint, and knocked it back. And while Pataki was able to catch himself in a split second with its roots, Tanvir came in hot with the katana raised in the sky. And, mocking old movies, he thrust it down into the trepanation hole, still in the corpse's head. He fell on top of Cooper and a sword skewered the head and hit the cement floor. Under his weight were the organs, squishing and being crushed underneath Tanvir as he continued to attack and attack. Stabbing at the head, he destroyed any remnant of brain he could have ever assumed gave it light. For almost ten minutes, Tanvir, in a mental and emotional break, stabbed at the body until there was nothing left. Until there was nothing the demon could have used to move again. And then, there was just silence. Just the heavy breathing of Tanvir as he sat there, covered in viscera. Blood and oil. Thank you so much for listening to House Call. My name is Sprite, and if you'd like more art and updates, you can follow me at MKG Sprite Stain on Instagram and Twitter.